16. We're excited, too. Uh, tomorrow, I, I don't know how long it takes, but our website is going to be down for a day or so because we are switching over to our new website tomorrow. So be exciting to get that going. Hopefully everything will be up and running for live stream on Sunday. So we didn't switch over today because we were afraid that we might mess up the live stream tonight. So didn't want to do that. <clears throat> and so we will get it switched over tomorrow and then um, it's kind of, we can, we can do some changes with it. So as you look at it, um, if there are things on that site that you find difficult to maneuver and, and try to figure out, we need to see what we can do to make it better. So, and, and we can make some changes along the way. So anyway, um, just excited to see that happen. It's been needed to be done for a while and, and finally getting that done. So anyway, yes. Dot org. Yep. Platte Valley Baptist Church dot org. Yep. So be great. All right. Well, we're in Acts chapter 16, uh, watching the church in action. And I see no reason why our church shouldn't be the same way in uh, what what is going on here in uh as as we got into chapter 16, we saw that Paul included Timothy, and so Timothy now is is uh, 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 going along with Paul. And uh, thanks, sir, appreciate that. And and uh, the first eight verses we see that dealing with with Tim Timothy. Then we saw the Macedonian vision and uh, the man calling for Paul, and the vision appeared to Paul and uh, asked that they come to Macedonia. And so as they came into Macedonia on verse 12 through the rest of this chapter, we see that they came into the little town of Philippi. And the first person that they ran into, I find, it, it, isn't it interesting how, how often uh, God uses the insignificant to do uh, a, a mighty work? And, and, and here we know that uh, the first person that they run into is a lady by the name of Lydia, and uh, Lydia trusts Christ as her Savior, and and uh, we know that uh, through her that uh, that is the the beginning of a church there in in Philippi, and and so uh, we see that she uh, trusted Christ, and then we move on, and and then they got their, they got themselves in trouble whenever they ran into the girl that was possessed, and. Uh, Paul uh, cast the demon out of her, and so this uh, made the people mad that had been using her to make money off of her, and so they uh, uh, persecuted uh, Paul and Silas and, and uh, uh, beat them and threw them into jail. And uh, then we, we see the, the uh, first of all, we, we see the, the wonderful attitude that Paul and Silas had, even though they had been beaten, and uh, they, uh, I'm sure they were bleeding, and they were sore, but even so, they still uh, prayed and sang praises unto God, and they did so loud enough that all the prisoners could hear, and uh, then we see the miraculous uh, 
awakening, you might say, where uh, uh, there's a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and all the bands were loosed. And uh, the, the keeper of the prison uh, woke out of his sleep and, and was getting ready to kill himself because uh, he just knew for sure that these guys were gone. And uh, um, so that's interesting too, isn't it? Uh, I mean, we uh, had, had full rain. It could have gone anywhere, but it doesn't seem at this point in time that Paul and Silas had gone anywhere. And they were free. The, the doors were open. Uh, the the uh, jailer knew for sure that they were gone, and Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we're all here. And so then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So here they were, still in their prison cell, free to do whatever it was that they wanted to do. And, and um, apparently they knew there was something here to do at this prison. Who, who knows? Maybe they were, even though they were loose, they were going from cell to cell and witnessing to the guys and, and, and telling them, look what God can do. And, and I, I don't know, but anyway... Uh, so then the jailer brings them out and, and tells them and, or asks them the, the, the question that we use so often, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And so that's where we ended up last week, and, and now we're going to finish this up in, in verse 31 through 40. And uh, we, we see the unlawful incarceration that they had in 25 through 30, 31 through 34. We see the uh, the, the jailer asking this question, and, and 31 through 34, we see that uh, blessed salvation of the jailer and his family, and then um, uh, we see what happens with the magistrates in a moment. So, and, and so the, the jailer asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And that's it. Remember, we've, we've been dealing with Galatians and Sunday morning and, and how uh, he, he has uh, given us quite a dissertation on salvation by grace and that uh, through faith and, and uh, not of works. And we, we see how, how eloquent Paul has put that in the book of Galatians. And, and here again, the very, the very basic question, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And here he tells us, simple Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And those in your house, same thing. Everybody is responsible for their own actions. But uh, Mr. Jailer, whatever his name would have been, uh, you, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can be saved. And not only can you be saved, but your entire house can be saved. Everybody that, that calls upon Christ can be saved. And and so they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And so here they are. They come out, and, and the jailer, uh, you, you see, that, that's the interesting thing also. Whenever uh, someone is saved and we're walking with God and we're doing what it is that God wants us to do, then one of the things that we want to do is share that with other people that we love. That's exactly what the jailer wanted to do. Remember Cornelius? When, when he went and sent for Peter and 
brought Peter back, and, and what, did, what did Cornelius do? He had his family, had his friends, had his co-workers, had everybody that he knew there to, to hear the gospel because he loved them and wanted them to hear. And, and here, the jailer, the same thing. Hey, if I can be saved, then I want my family to be saved too, and so I want you to come with me and, and tell them. And so what did they do? But they go and they, and they preach the word of God and, and uh, tell them and, and show them and, and how, you know, we can, there's so often that it seems like God tries to discourage us and, and tries to uh, 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 have us doubt our abilities to share the gospel, but the gospel is very simple. 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, Paul said, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Do you believe that? Do you, do, have you placed your faith in what Jesus has done? He died on the cross for your sins. And uh, not only that, but then he was buried, and he rose again the third day, and that he has shown us that he is God, and that when we place our faith in him, we have salvation. That's simple. It is. And, and People try to make it so difficult when, when it's not, and, and, and here we have that, you know, I, I mean, we have people that add things to this, all kinds of works, you, have to, you must do all these things in order to be saved, you, you have to be baptized, you have to take the Lord's Supper, you have to be part of the church, you have to, uh, you, you know, I, name it. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that uh, people uh, uh, want to, you have to speak in tongues or or. Uh, I don't know, and show that you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit or been anointed by Him. And, and I mean, there are, there are all kinds of things that people want to add. You, you, you have to uh, uh, show a complete life of repentance. You have to uh, uh, take Jesus Christ as your Lord and, and Lordship salvation and, and, and how you have to give Him everything in your life at that moment of salvation and he has to be completely Lord over everything in your life immediately upon your salvation, adding all kinds of things to your salvation. And here he just tells us, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, uh, the, the older I get and the longer I'm in the, the ministry, the, the more I understand that everybody has baggage. Everybody is dealing with a, with a body of sin and, and a heart that is deceiving and desperately wicked, and, and we're dealing with a flesh that's constantly calling us away from God. We have a, a devil that is constantly trying to deceive us and lead us in another direction other than God. And so, look, we are, we are all doing battle with bad decisions. We're doing battle with deception. We are doing battle with a very powerful flesh, and, and we are not going to be perfect in this world. And so whenever we start basing maturity or, or we start basing our, our salvation upon all of these steps that, that, that we have in order to, to climb that ladder, then we need to be very careful. And we need to understand that, that, that people aren't going to be uh, uh, showing, uh, some aren't going to be showing as many fruits of salvation as someone else. And so, but all of us are still doing battle, and all of us still sin, and all of us are still having issues in our lives. And, and 
what we need to do is we, do, we need to continue to preach the Word of God and, and allow them to understand by the conviction of the Holy Spirit working in their heart and life and bring them to that, that point in their heart where they are humble enough, where there is a complete change of mind in their own life that I can't do this, but God can. And they trust Him as their Savior. And that's exactly what went on here. And then I believe that he shows some of that fruit of salvation immediately. And he, the jailer, took them, Paul and Silas, the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, the blows, the the wounds that they had on their backs and all over their body from being beaten with the rods. And then he he gets them all. He says, look, we got to get you guys going here because I've trusted Christ as my Savior, and I want the whole world to know it. And so then he was baptized. I mean, that, that's an evidence also. I, 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 I don't know. It doesn't cause a doubt, but it causes concern in my mind whenever I hear of someone that gives a profession of faith that they have accepted Christ as their Savior, but have no desire to follow the Lord in baptism. I, I do believe that and look, I, I have seen little children that have gotten saved, and, and it's, it's not long where they're pulling on my pants leg and saying, when can I get baptized? I, I mean, that's just the Holy Spirit working in their hearts and wanting them, and we need to do that, and we need to follow, and we, we need to schedule one for our own church. Uh, we have a number of people that have come to me with that, and, and praise the Lord for that, but we need to, to, to see the importance also of baptism you know, I, I've been reading, a, a, it's pretty detailed and, and, and a big and, and, and it's slow reading, so it's going to take me forever, but reading a book right now on, on Americans that lost their lives in the 1600s and the 1700s right here in America for taking a stand that you need, after you trust Christ as your Savior, that is when you need to get baptized. You see, the, the Church of England baptized children. Church of England was just really an offshoot of the Catholic Church. And so you needed to be baptized into the church for salvation. And you needed to, uh, you could be baptized as a baby. And well, you find out that there were those old stubborn Baptists that came over in the 1500s, in the 1600s, and and they came over here because they wanted to have the freedom to, to teach and preach that the Word of God says that you get saved, and then after you get saved, then you get baptized. And there were hundreds of Americans uh, and Baptists who died because of that very view by people who claimed to be Christians here in America. And so we, we need to, that, look, it, this is something that, you know, our, our world today and our churches today make no big deal of this whatsoever. There are Baptist churches today that call themselves Baptists that have followed the false teaching of Calvinism, and the Calvinists do not believe that there is a necessity for baptism. And so now we have Baptist churches that don't even baptize. Yeah, take the name Baptist off your church. Just say the first Calvinist church of America. Calvinists... Calvinists martyred those that believed that you were baptized after salvation. Now, you talk about, what is that, an oxymoron? When, when you're a Baptist church and you're Calvinist, 
Do you realize the Calvinists killed the Baptists? Let's just—I mean, I, it makes no. Let's just call it the First Muslim Baptist Church. Be the same, wouldn't it? Uh, anyway, sorry, I didn't have that in my notes. That was just one of those random thoughts that came by, you know. But I—it's I, just interesting to me. And but he was baptized. He and all his straightway, his family. Look, and and, and in that time. When, when someone got baptized, that's when they really took a stand and the public would look at them and say, oh, wait a minute, this guy now is a Christian. And so now they start taking away your job. They start going for your home. Other family members that were Jews or other family members that, that were high up in the politics, like, hey, I don't want anything to do with them because of the stands that they were taking. And so he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he brought them into his house, oh, and, and something else, those that were in his house that were baptized, obviously they had to be a point in their lives and in their maturity level to understand that they also needed to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. A baby doesn't do that. A baby has no knowledge of their sin. A baby has no knowledge of who God is and what God has done in their lives. And so these were those that were accountable and, and understood those things. And so then, and when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them. That seems like a pretty good Baptist church too, doesn't it? We always eat. You know, it's just part of it, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I, and people might think that I'm crazy, but you, you look through the scripture and, and people dine together. I mean, that, that's, a, that's what families do. That, that's what we do. That's, it, it's something that we enjoy together. It, it truly is a time of, uh, of closeness that you can have and you, you learn about someone by sitting across the table from them and eating a meal and her understanding more of their family and who they are and where they came from and how better to pray for them and, 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 uh, and to help them and and, and to realize that a church fellowship, who you want to ask to your house and who you don't. If they're a real picky eater, you just let them go somewhere else, you know. If they'll eat anything, hey, we'll have them come because we know that they'll enjoy whatever we have, you know, whatever. But, but or, yeah, anyway, so <clears throat> things we do, right? But they brought him into his house. He set meat before them and rejoiced. He was overjoyed, believing in God with all his house. Believing in God, the whole household. I mean, think about the radical change that went on in his life and his family overnight. I, I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't imagine. And and I and it's a good thought, you know, to think that here they were. You know, he he was. Uh, just think about his life. I mean, he worked in a jail, and I've known people that have had to work in a. Anybody here ever worked in a jail? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom did. Yeah, yeah, you were a guard, weren't you? Yeah, and so not the most pleasant place to be. And, and and I worked at the Fort Morgan Post Office. That was pretty close to working in jail. I mean, people there liked it just about as much as the inmates liked the jail cell. But anyway, uh, we we uh, you think about it though. Every day he'd go in, and and here he was stressed out to the point where he thought, if if I lose these prisoners, I might as well just die. 
And, and think of how miserable things were. Get up every day, go to work, come back, fight with your wife, kick the dog, yell at the children, you know, and, and then start it all over the next day. And here we go again. And then all of a sudden now he is overjoyed and rejoicing that his entire family got saved. I mean, they can come home now and sit down and pray together and, and have devotions together and, and, and read the scriptures that they have and, and read the Psalms of David and, and see how David wrote so often to rejoice in the Lord and to praise Him for the uh, being under His shadow of His wing and, and knowing that He'll take care of us and provide for us and, and, and meet the needs that we have and, and, and sit there and, and read that and, just, and, and watch their marriage grow and watch their children grow in their faith and just see God's blessings in hand uh, upon them. That is what it's about. I mean, that's why we do what we do, isn't it? I mean, we, we want to see those we want to see those girls reconciled and, and realize what God can do in their lives at an early age and reconcile that friendship and, and, and bring them together and, and, and just see families growing and, and coming together and, and, and enjoying that. And I just heard news of, of another uh, wrecked marriage this week, you know, and, and thinking how that if people would just First of all, know for certain that you know Christ is your Savior. Secondly, then live for God. And as you live for God, you can understand that it will help your marriage. And, and, and if both of you are serious about it, then God can restore anything and do all kinds of work. And what a joy it is to have Him as our Savior. And, and, and here, to, just to think about how, how overjoyed and, and His entire uh, uh, house believing and trusting in God. And so what a, what a joyous occasion. And then I love, you know what? I, I love these next verses because you know what I see? I, I don't see Paul as just a pushover. Now, he, he's, I, he, he, I'm sure he has no sense of humor when it comes to, to persecution. I mean, this guy has been stoned and, and thrown in the ditch, left for dead, gets up, and now he is still hurting from the bruises and the beating and the lashings and, and the bleeding that has just taken uh, place the day before. He could have, after the, the jailer had brought them out, he could have left. He could have been long gone, but he doesn't. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeant saying, let those men go. Oh, how pious they were. How 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 uh, prideful and arrogant they were. Oh, we're so, we're so big and bad, and, and we beat these guys into submission. Go, go send the sergeants down there and release them from prison. We've done enough damage to them. Let them move on and leave us alone. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, they have beaten us openly uncondemned. They have beaten us publicly without due process, and the Romans had due process. And, and, and they needed and they they had a series of laws and rights for every person, especially Roman citizens. And and the, the Roman citizens had because of the Roman law had rights. And he says, they have beaten us openly uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison, and now do they thrust us out privily? 
Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. I, I like that. Uh, and, and here he says, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. Not only am I, but so Silas. And here you guys are acting for the, for the whole government of Rome, and if they find out what you've done, off be your head, or at least a good beating, and you can be thrown into the middle cell. And so he says, no, we're not going anywhere. You guys come down and let us out yourselves. And the sergeants, they go back, told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. Yeah, yeah. And they came and besought them. You get an idea of what besought is? Oh, hey, hey, you know, we, we're, you know, we really, really want you to, to go in peace now, and we're, we're asking you to leave and, and get on down the road and, and, and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And that desired is an a ongoing action that is repeated over and over and over. Hey, you really need to get moving. And, and you know, we're sorry that the, this misunderstanding that, is, that has taken place, and, and you need to get on down the road. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. You know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll go in our own time. We have some people here that we need to see first. And so then they go into the home of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them. They appealed to them and encouraged them. And then they departed. You know, it tells us over in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the, through the deceitfulness of sin. Why, why do you think we have Sunday morning, we have connections Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? Why, why do you think we have those? Because we are prone to wonder. And it says here, it says here that we are to exhort one another daily daily so what is wrong with you know our, our churches when we think about how how incompetent our churches have become how incom how impotent our pastors and preachers have become and and, and think that and, and you look at our society well it, it all gravitates back to to what's going on in our churches today and so many churches today you know I, I find this I find this amazing to me also that 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 I, I run into the a, a mentality of different people and and you know well the service is too long or or you're just too straightforward or or I like this one I heard this one I like this one preacher that he just kind of tells a story and, and 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 he tells a story and and how it, it I can use that to apply to my life and look. There's all kinds of stories right here in God's Word. Just preach it. I mean, you're, you're, you know, today's preachers, we're, we're, we're competing against those guys that, that like I said, spend more time on, on, on 
uh, figuring out what kind of hair gel they want and, and shopping for the, the latest fashion of jeans and the, and the, the, the skin-tight T-shirts so that they can look more like a rock star. And, and, and so the, the people come into a church and they expect you to look and act like some rock star somewhere or they, or, or they think that they, they want to come in and they want to sit down and, and hear some kind of a rock concert and, and be entertained. And, and I, I mean, you have all these ideas of, of all these things that are that are going on uh, uh, around you, and, 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 our, and our world is dying and going to hell, and there's people that are going into these churches, and they're coming out, and they never hear the gospel, and nothing ever changes in their lives. It is a shame. It is a shame that we see that, and, and people are, you know, they, and they look at you and say, well, you're just too confrontational. Well, I'd say Paul was pretty confrontational. And I think you look at his word, and it was very confrontational, wasn't it? And so they comforted them, and they departed. And, and we need to exhort one another daily because of the day that it is. I mean, I, I, I look at what's going on in our politics, and I know it's just politics, but you, you look at the direction that this country's coming, and the day is coming where we will not be able to stand here publicly and preach this in America. And so I just can't but help think that it's at this time that God has placed us here. And it's a wonderful time and a great opportunity to be serious about teaching and preaching and telling people the truth of the gospel, loving them, loving them and telling them and showing them how good it is in the midst of of a fierce persecution, God blessed. Did they take a beating? Yes. Did they live? Yes. Did they have their needs met? Yes. Were they sore from it? Yes. But they just kept doing it. They just kept plugging. So they comforted them, and they departed. Let us exhort one another daily. And let's be strong and let's live for God. Let's be the church in action that God will bless. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray your blessings upon it tonight. I pray you take us home safely, use us the rest of this week in your ministry and your work. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your truth. Help us, Lord, to proclaim it and live it. And Lord, that we will be obedient to it. In Jesus' name, amen.